0: Good to see everyone here, this happy new year, it's 2023, I I was so messed up last night uh, with, uh, or I was so happy that the the old year had uh, passed, Uh, I was making posts telling everybody good riddance to 2023, 24 is here, and I was like, wait a minute, I I totally blew through the whole year, and of course... uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Where so. do you teach? <laughs> <laughs> school for the I don't know. Man, is this a trap? This dude is. I think it's a trap. No, no, I'm good. Don't, 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 don't. I feel like I'm hiding behind it. Uh, anyways, uh, forgive my foot. Um, they tell me it's a four to six month process. I'm about two months in, so so I'll be hobbling around. I got to get got to get my blood sugar down so they can do surgery, so it's just like, you know, a Jenga thing. One thing leads to another, and, you know, you got to go through all that, so. But uh, did a lot of you stay up last night and uh, watch the ball drop? I watched the ball drop. It went uh, wide and to the left, uh, you know, so. And, uh, oh, well, but... Uh, so that was that was a lot of fun. It was kind of funny, though, because, I mean, almost at the stroke of midnight, you know, the, the kick and the whole thing, and it was, you know, I sat there like Lieutenant Dan in that scene from Forrest Gump. I just sat there, confetti coming down. So, happy new year, you know. You know, uh, I always like to, uh, you know, at the beginning of a new year, to look back at the old year and kind of, it's a good day to... Take inventory to take a look at where we 're at and and what 's going on and uh, i uh, for many many years i I was a history teacher at, at graham high school and uh, and so history was always a big thing for me i I, I like to study it I, I find it fascinating so I would look back at you know uh, the pre- thank you uh, previous years to see what was uh, you know, going on, compare it to to last year, and and so last year, you know, I looked at some of the uh, the things. You know, what could I look back on? And there wasn't a whole lot there, to be honest, that I was all that thrilled with. I mean, there was the the utter failure, the degeneration of our elected officials to to fashion any kind of a functioning government. Both Republicans and Democrats continue to get a they're locked in a race to the bottom to see who can get there fastest. Christians continue to be duped by both parties and used as political chess pieces and, uh, you know, to be thrown aside when we're no longer useful for our political overlords. So, I, you know, I used to study government, and I was fascinated by it. And uh, now I'm just uh, pretty dejected about it. Another big story from last year that I looked at, inflation. You realize dog food costs almost 50 bucks a bag? I'm like, can we afford this dog? You know, the dog's eating better than we are, I think. You know, <laughs> yikes, 50 bucks a bag. You know, I was going to do a top 10, Um but I got so depressed looking over the year in review, I just stopped right there. I figured, that's enough. Hey, you know, politicians, inflation, I mean, that's pretty, pretty nasty. So, you know, another year has come and gone. You know, what a year. You know, business owners, this time, they're, they're looking at their, uh, their inventories. They're, they're taking stock of, of what they have. It's, uh, you know, it's not a very fun job, but it's a necessary job, a reality that, that people have to do so that they know if they can we say that we made a profit or not? Have, have we actually done good business last year? They take that information that they receive, they make adjustments for the coming year. It's important to do that. And I think as Christians, it's, uh, we need to stop at the end of the year. We kind of measure our, our own progress Take sort of a spiritual inventory of ourselves. How have we done? Where are we at? Let's take the information that we receive. How can we make adjustments in the coming year? You know, it's not often a a very fun thing to do, but it's something I want to ask you to do today. Uh, You know, 2022 was an important year, I think, in the the life of the church as we continue our ministry here in the Northridge area. Uh, the elders and Kyle, we constantly sit down and reflect on where we're at on the past, what's working, what's not working, what can we do better as a church. You know, and it's my hope that each of you do the same. You know, what are, what are you doing for the church? What could you do better in your service to God. You know, it's, it's a natural time to, to reflect on the past year. If you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Philippians. Philippians is in the New Testament. And let's see if I can find it. Right after the book of Ephesians. And uh, Philippians is a, it's a letter that was written to the church of Philippi, okay, the church of Philippi, which was a Roman colony. This is a, a little church there that Paul is going to be writing a letter to. Actually, Paul and his, uh, his sort of his helper at the time, Timothy, they're going to write this letter to this little church here in Philippi, which was a little Roman colony. And therefore, the, the, the Philippian people, most of them were Romans. They're Roman people. And they're proud of their citizenship. They're aware of their Roman rights. Uh, they have a unique form of government that many cultures of the world at that time did not enjoy. And they, uh, they spoke Latin. They had Roman customs they modeled their government after Rome. I mean, these are people who are, uh, I guess, in their age, pretty advanced. I mean, they're what we would call a very modern city, a modern group of people. So this church, we think, was probably the first church established by Paul in Europe. Um, if you remember from your Sunday school days, Paul was a... Not only an apostle, but one of the the great missionaries, we go into the world spreading the gospel, especially to the to the non-Jews. And uh, he stopped here in Philippi during his second missionary journey and found a a small Jewish settlement here in this place. And there weren't really enough men to establish a synagogue, so uh, he ended up. Uh, he met with the women. There were enough women there who were believers, and they would meet along the river of all places. Once again, the, the, the women lead the church. Uh, you know, if you want something done, you need to you contact the women. They'll, they'll, they'll get it working here. Acts chapter 16 describes how Paul preached to them. A woman by the, a woman by the name of Lydia, who was a wealthy merchant, uh, she became a believer and ho- hosted the first church in her, in her home. So, this is a, a, a tight group of people. But there in the, the city of Philippi, there was trouble brewing as there was a, uh, uh, a slave girl in the streets around who w- was demon possessed. Okay, now here we are, 2023. 20, yes. The Bible teaches the reality of demons. I realize many people uh, were too advanced for belief in that mumbo-jumbo, hocus-pocus, you know, that, that funny, like believing in ghosts or, or whatever. But the Bible speaks that this slave girl was demon-possessed, and uh, Paul and uh, one of his followers by the name of Silas are kind of passing through, and uh, they cast out this demon, well, the masters of this girl were so upset, they went and ratted Paul and Silas out to the city officials, who promptly threw them into jail. Now you would think, why in the world would that? Would you be mad that they cast out a demon? Well, apparently she was like a fortune teller. This demon would give them information, and they would use that to make money and tricks and you know, cheap parlor tricks and all these. these. They were really. Concerned about her. They were concerned about the fact that Paul had just eliminated their source of income. And so they went to the city officials, had them locked up. You remember the story, of course, that night an earthquake happened. Paul and Silas uh, appeared ready to be broken out of jail. The angel appeared, you know. You know, and the, the jailer was so scared and so worried that he had messed up his job so bad he allowed his prisoners to escape that he wanted to kill himself. And Paul said, no, 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 don't do it. We're, we're still here. We're right here. But the people panicked when they realized that Paul was a Roman citizen. That opens up a whole can of worms. And so Paul, he's going to, uh, Paul and Silas are going to be let out. Uh, he'll visit the city a few more times, and this church had always sustained him. They had always sent gifts. They kept him um, fulfilled. Later, when he was imprisoned in Rome, the Philippian church sent a delegation to Paul to bring him more stuff and to check on him. A man named Epaphroditus ended up almost dying from a near-fatal disease, so Paul sends him back to Philippi along with a letter that we call the letter to the Philippians, the one that you have here in your Bible. Chapter 3 in this, in this unique letter is very unique. Paul's going to encourage the church He wants to encourage them to stay on the straight and narrow and to be careful and don't get tricked by false teachers. There are a lot of people showing up saying, now this is what God told me. This is the real truth. Paul is saying, uh, don't listen to these guys. Don't listen to them. They're trying to tie salvation into doing things. And Paul says, that's not true. Faith is Salvation's through faith alone, not works. So Paul is addressing these people within the church, and he's trying to point out to them that this idea of, of being Jewish and keeping all of these rules is, is, is rubbish. And so Paul, like we should often do, he says, let's take a time out. I want to go back through and review my life with you and take stock of what's really important. And so here in chapter 3, starting at verse 12, Paul takes an inventory of his life. He says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. There's so much that happened to me before this day, but that's over with. I have to reach out for the new. The train keeps going down the tracks. It doesn't stop. We need to focus on that, on what lies ahead. I need to press onwards towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in christ jesus i can't be stuck on yesterday i have to push ahead pressing towards the goal i love coaching track because uh, in some of these races at the end the kids are totally spent they're out of breath they're, they're running on fumes some of them look like they're practically unconscious running around the track They're pressing on towards the goal. I just want to get to the finish line. And they press on towards that. And they keep doing that until they they make it there. Verse 15, let us therefore, as many are perfect, have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained. Paul had previously gone through his background with them. He says, let me tell you about my past. I might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more, starting at verse 5, circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law found blameless. But whatever things were gained to me, all these wonderful things that I just spoke about, these things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. He says, I want to look back on my life. Look at all the wonderful things that I did as a Jew. Amazing. But you know what? All of that I consider as loss for the sake of Christ. Now, the Greek, we translate it as loss. But if you really look at the word, it refers to dung, animal dung, human feces. You can use your own word there to fill in the blanks, but, uh, you you know, these things that I thought were, they're all counted as dung for the sake of Christ. None of this stuff is worth anything. What's important is what's ahead, what I move ahead towards. Paul sets an example, I think, for us as Christians to look ahead. We always spend a lot of time hung up in the past, hung up on yesterday. What went wrong? And trust me, that can eat away at you, and it can paralyze you. We need to be like Paul and begin to look ahead, pressing on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of, of God through Christ Jesus. You know, we have to fight. We have to scrap right to the last tick of the clock until we, you know, in, until the end. We are called to press on to spiritual maturity. I used to laugh uh, uh, years ago. Uh, I think it was, uh, many of you don't know him, but Don Black was a... Uh, an elder in this church, um, Sylvia's husband, a wonderful man, mentor to me, and he would often tease me, and he would say things like, "We need to get you grown up here a little bit, so I can take it easy. I've got time for me to rest. You know, I got to retire and I'll turn this church over to you, young people." It was sort of a teasing kind of thing. But even Don would would admit that there is no retirement. We press on to the very end, press on to reach that, that upward call in Christ. So each of us, I think, need to take a moment to reflect on our lives. I would encourage you to do that this week. Maybe you're eating lunch. Just take a few minutes. Think about where you're at. Think about last year. Think about your, your ministry at church. Think about your attitude at church. Think about your support of people at church. Think about all of the things that you do here at North Hills. And what can we do, as Paul says, to press on towards spiritual maturity, to keep growing in our faith, to keep growing in our service and meeting that call that each of us have within the church. Some of us are called to do big things. Some of us are called to do little things. Whatever it is, you do it all to the glory of God. If your job is to uh, you know, pick up the communion things, I mean, that's your ministry. That's your job. Do it with a zeal that's befitting the one that you serve. You know, what are your New Year's resolutions? You know, for me, it's mostly healthy stuff. You know, I want to fix this foot. That's one thing I'd like to fix this year. Uh, bad foot, bad knees. I got torn meniscus in both knees. <laughs> okay. um, my knee doctor says, John, I don't want to scare you, but you have the knees of a, of a 78-year-old man. And I'm like, well, I know a lot of seventy-eight-year-olds. They get around pretty good. So what's the problem? He goes, the problem is you're fifty, something. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, diabetes. I got to get that under control. The usual. You know, it's always something. What are you going to give up this year? I'd like to give up some social media. My, uh, uh, I guess my nephew-in-law you think about it, he's, a, uh, he's actually a pastor at a church in Pataskala. His name is Josh, and Josh threw out a challenge. He says, I'm giving up social media for a one year. Who's with me? Crickets. I mean, there wasn't anybody getting in on that. And I'm, I'm really thinking about maybe seeing how long I can hang in there. I don't know. But you know, it is, you know, a new time and for all of us, it's a, a start of something new. I always enjoy the new year because it is time for something new. It's exciting to me. I like to think about what's possible, how great it will be once I make these changes. You know, things are going to be, to be better. The, the issue is that for many people, myself included, it's the lack of gumption to maintain enthusiasm for change. Oh, I'm all about change right now. But tomorrow morning I got to go back to school, and after a few hours of that, let's see how hot fire I am to, you you know, to want to want to change certain things and do. It's difficult. The issue is that for many people, we'll lose that enthusiasm. Frankly, after a while, we get bored, we get frustrated, we lose interest. Paul would say to us when it comes to our Christian life. We have to watch out for that. We can get bored. We can get frustrated. We can get stale in our ministry, in our relationship with God. One of my favorite passages from the Bible speaks to that importance of change. If you turn back to 2 Corinthians, the the second um, piece of Scripture we're going to look at today, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You know, our entire Christian life is based on a transformation from evil to good, from damned to saved, from lost to found. You know, our whole life is based on this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 11 through 21. Let me read this to you. It's a, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men... But we are made manifest to God, and I hope that we are made manifest also in your consciences. We are not again commanding ourselves to you, but are giving you an occasion to be proud of us, so that you will have an answer for those who take pride in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. We are of sound mind, it's for you. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. He died for all so that they who live might no longer live for themselves but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize that no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now, all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Our relationship was made right, with God, because of what Christ Jesus has done for us. if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed. but new things have come. If you look at the uh, the Greek the wording there for some of these You know these verses. If you look at uh, verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. You know we've passed from the old to the new. From the old to the new. The old things have passed away. Old refers to the Greek word for that means primitive, original. Um, the initial, I like the word primitive, I, I think of that. For the primitive things have passed away, behold, new things have come. The The, the Greek word for new refers to the, well, the idea of something that's fresh, unblemished, unblemished. I know in some churches back in the day, playing cards was a big no-no. You sinner, you're playing cards. Well, in our house, playing euchre is a big deal. I mean, we don't just play euchre. The reason I don't like to play is because everybody else takes it serious. I mean, euchre is a competitive sport meant to win. You know, they they, would, they go crazy. They love play that euchre. But there's something about they'll break out a fresh deck of cards and wrap it, and they... I uh, pull out those cards and they're just pristine and flat and they got that new card feel to them. I mean, that, that is something that is uh, brand new. It's fresh. It's unblemished. How many of you enjoy that new car smell? You ever buy a new car and you're like, ah, oh, I wish we could just keep it like this forever, you know? You know, growing up, uh, Neola and I with our kids, we had four kids, we bought a van. I remember when we bought it the first time, I was like, man, this van is so nice, and oh, wow. And by the time we traded that thing in, that thing had been abused, used and abused. There were crumbs and, tr- and little bits of this and that and every speck of that thing. It was impossible to keep it brand new. But I love that new car smell. You know, uh, I always we used to tease the kids, uh, look at this nice present. We'd give them a big old box. They'd open it up and there'd be underwear in there or something. We'd try to tease them. You don't like to get new underwear? You don't like that fresh feeling. You know, you, you know you know what I'm talking about? Come on. You know what we do is, as Paul is saying, the old primitive you, the old things, that that's passed away. Behold, new things have come, a new, fresh, unblemished you. Brand new. So in essence, we forsake, give up our primitive, original state of sin to enjoy a fresh start. A new, an unblemished relationship with Christ. And the great news is that as a new, brand-spanking-new creature in Christ, we get to keep that fresh relationship with God. I don't want to open up any can of worms or anything, but you know, I want to remind us just for a second what happens when we are passed from the old to the new. Romans 8.30 declares, Those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he glorified. It is as if we are glorified in God's presence. There's nothing that can prevent a believer from one day being glorified because God has already purposed it. God has declared it to be true. Once a person is justified, his salvation is guaranteed. He's as secure as if he was in the kingdom already. I believe that. All of us, when we look back on our lives, we need to understand that the old has gone, the new has come, and that as we move forward, that newness is there for us every day. Paul asked two crucial questions. Romans chapter 8, he asked the question, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen, who gets? Who's going to bring the, the the charges against you? It's almost as if we're in court. Who's the prosecutor? Who's going to stand up and declare you a person whom God has chosen, uh, somebody whom God has justified, somebody God wants to glorify? Who's going to accuse you of being lost, of being? a sinner, of being damned, as someone who is ready for the lake of fire. You're not going to find that. Paul provides an answer. Who is it that's going to condemn us? Who's going to judge us? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, who's at the right hand of God, who's interceding for us, Who's going to bring a charge against God's elect? Nobody, because Christ is our advocate. How'd you like to have Christ as your defense attorney? Well, the Bible says, who will condemn us? No one, because Christ is the judge. How'd you like to go in court knowing that the judge and the defense attorney, they're both on your side. They've already declared you not guilty. I would like to go in a court like that with the knowledge of that. It's hard to be found guilty when the judge and jury have already found you innocent before the trial. We are made new. You are a new creation. Some of you have been a new creation for many, many years. But we don't stop being that new creation. You are new in the eyes of god and because of what god has done for us not what we've done but what he has done for us we can have that confidence that i am a new creation that i can move forward that yeah yeah i can look in my past and maybe things weren't so great but i can move forward i can do that because god has allowed that to be you know so as we we, go into this new year here at north hills I, I i challenge you take some time to reflect on your christian life do you see yourself as that is that new creation or do you still see yourself as the old the primitive the run down the the, the the part that really should be cast aside That's not true. You are a new creation. You are useful to God. God loves you. He wants you to reconcile you to himself. He wants to draw you to himself. Reflect on that this week. Those of you who are in in Christ, you get to start perpetually new. We're a brand new creation that never wears out, never gets old, never corrupts, never fade away. You as a Christian, you get to keep that new car smell. Because the old has passed away, the new has come. Rejoice in that, enjoy the love of the Father. Thank you, God, for that miracle that you love us. Your decision to live for Christ is the greatest resolution any of us could ever make. You'll hear people saying, well, I resolved for this, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to give up this. My challenge for you is to think of yourself. You've already enjoyed the greatest resolution anybody could ever make. If you have given yourself yourself Christ. If you call yourself a Christian, if you are a child of God, you have passed from the old to the new, and that, my friends, is the greatest miracle I can think of. It's a beautiful, wonderful thing, and let's all focus on that as we move forward here in 2023. Let's pray, Father in heaven. I thank you for this chance to uh, to speak to my friends. Lord, I hope that you would encourage all of us to Remember our position in you to not grow bored with it or take it for granted, but to just wonder in it, the the absolute amazing glory of your grace that you would take somebody like me, like my friends, and that you would move us from the old to, to something new, a new creation that's to be glorified, justified, sanctified, set apart by you for your glory and for your purpose. Lord, we love you today in Jesus' name.